Welcome to the 199 Podcast with HVS. My co-host today is Josh Barnett, one of the owners of 199, a retro college apparel company. I'm Aaron Meyer. On today's episode, we're going to talk through our thoughts on Jump Shot, the documentary film about Kenny Sailors and recent winner of the Heartland International Film Festival Audience Choice Award. But first, Billy Packer knows what time it is. Nice move by Steve Fisher here. Bring it into the 199 game. Jim, isn't it amazing when Michigan can keep this game to a 19-foot, 9-inch game inside that three-point line? It's all there. What's going on, Josh? What's up, sir? Not much, man. Just making it through a Monday. I hear you. So I always told you that if you got to hang out with me a little bit, we'd get to do some cool stuff at some point. Uh, actually, I've never said that to you, and don't <laughs> believe that whatsoever. However, we did get to do something cool last week when you and I and EJ and uh, our graphic designer, Matt Breivogel, got to go up to Indy and see um a pretty special film you got you want to talk to the the audience about it a little bit yeah if you had said that you would have been right because it was it was fun like a random way to spend a thursday we headed up to the heartland uh film festival international film festival to see a documentary feature called jump shot Uh, it's about uh, a guy who they propose throughout the movie that invented the jump shot his name is kenny sailors and it does a good job of telling the story. Uh, the writer and director is Jacob Hamilton, and you actually got connected through someone else. How, how'd that come about? Yeah, so I got an email from um, our friend at SLAM, PRC, uh, Peter Robert Casey, and he hooked me up with one of the uh, producers of the film, Ty Clark. Um, and that's kind of how we got connected. I think Ty shot him an email asking if he had any of his people in the area that would want to come and, and check out the film. And uh, you, uh, PRC kind of knew that we were in and around Indy. And so um, I was able to connect with Ty, and he was nice enough to give us four passes. And so we uh, busted our ass from Evansville after school, got out to to Indy. We almost missed it because you were driving like Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> And then I almost killed us about a mile from the theater. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyways, Ty was nice enough to hook us up with four passes, so we got to take um, the the four guys I mentioned, me and, and you, and then uh, a couple of the other guys to help us out, Matt with the graphics and then EJ with the packing and stuff. So um, I had a great time. I, I thought the car ride up and the car ride back was worth it uh, alone. Um, just being able to hang out and, and, and talk and, and, and laugh and uh, make fun of each other. But the, the movie itself and then connecting with um, Ty and Jacob afterwards was like truly a blessing. It's just, uh, it's cool. Like 99's whole thing is just to kind of connect with people within the basketball culture. Yeah. Uh, and we've been very, very fortunate to be able to do that a lot lately. And this was just another one of those times where it was, uh, you know, somebody that I'd never met um, and just through the love of of basketball and shared interest in basketball, you get to connect. And, um, you know, we've traded traded emails since and uh, we'll keep in touch and and all that stuff. And that's really just kind of the beauty of 
99 and the beauty of basketball culture 99 to me has opened me up to connect with other people in the basketball culture i didn't mean to say that's the beauty of 99 because it was <laughs> responsible for it but you know what i'm saying um and we got to connect with with other people to share a passion and um and it was awesome and then the movie itself was was great and we're going to get into the movie here during the pod so um just a quick shout out to prc for connecting us with with uh ty and uh for ty waiting outside for your your driving slow driving <laughs> up there and hook us up with the tickets and then uh and then also just before we get into the film too just the um the people of franklin because it was in franklin indiana yeah. Uh, turned out for it that was cool and the theater was cool and the way that they set it up and did it with the pledge and um and the tom and jerry cartoons and uh <laughs> the whole setup in there was just like the popcorn laughing in there but it was cool man it was fun it almost like kind of took you back you know yeah, it did you know the you said something about the story and i think you know just a quick summary off the top would be that whether it's talking to you or talking to those guys, you can tell that they love something because the story doesn't stop. As soon as the film was over, they're still talking about the film. If I'm talking to you about 199 related things or the teams that you guys uh, have licensed, there's a story even after the story on the site's done. I think that's what's so fun. Yeah, you made that point when Ty and I were talking and uh, he was talking about some of the people that they got in the film. And uh, he was just kind of telling these these roundabout ass ways that they were able to get people to agree. And you uh, somewhere in the pause there looked at me and were like, Josh, that sounds like a ton of your licensing story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, For I mean, sure. it's, it's a different genre, but it's the it's the same hustle. And uh, so I think there's a level, a, a mutual level of respect there for what those guys did um, for sure, because it was it was really cool and they pulled it off and going into it, you know, you, you say, okay, here's this movie called the jump shot, you know, jump shot. And it's about this Kenny Saylor's guy who I had never heard of. Never before. heard of. Um, and it's the guy that invented the jump shot. And you, you kind of think like, Oh, okay. you know, like, okay. Um, <laughs> but his story was phenomenal. Like we all left there. Like, Kenny Sellers is that dude. Like he's, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Awesome. Um, he's like, so they, he, he ended up like Chuck Norris by the end of it. Yeah. No kidding. So we'll, we'll get into it a little bit here, but um, those guys did a, a, a fantastic job. It was cool getting to meet with them and, and talk with them. And uh, uh, hopefully we can, we can reconnect with those guys down the line too. Yeah. And they, they did say too, you know, for people, who are wondering about this, you can obviously find previews on YouTube of it. Uh, there's like a 10 minute clip of it, just kind of introducing it. But they said they're hoping around March to have a little bit wider dis distribution of it. So I'm sure at that, that point we'll repost something and kind of give them a shout out as well. Yeah, d definitely at some point it's got to find its way on Netflix or Amazon Prime or maybe even HBO under a documentary or you know, whatever. Some one of those streaming services will obviously pick it up and and it'll get out to the masses. And once that happens, we'll we'll definitely push it out there some too. So, um, I thought it was that good. So you want to give a little bit of background on on just kind of his story, and then we can uh, one talk more about, thing about like, it while while we're at it. That you yeah. know, I, I said it was at the Heartland International Film Festival, but I just saw today on Instagram that it won the audience choice award uh at that so obviously it wasn't just us that enjoyed it uh a lot of the audience uh and it was shown over several days some of the 
Pacers players went and saw it when we were there. The Franklin College uh, team was there. So uh, a pretty wide cross-section of people really enjoyed the storytelling in the movie. I legit thought about stuff in the ballot box too, but it turns out I didn't have to. <laughs> we couldn't even figure out how to do the ballots. Uh, no, I was out there like to. filling it out with a pen, writing a couple sentences and shit, and really all you had to do was like rip at a number or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was just turns trying to put that foot forward, man. We don't go to a lot of uh, film festivals. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the people that haven't seen it yet and the people um, that are kind of wondering what the hell we're talking about and who this Kenny Sailors guy is, you want to give a, a your quick recap and then uh, and then I'll chime in and, and we'll go from there. Well, it, it seems like there's three parts to the to his story. The first one, uh, they're kind of introducing how he came up with the idea. Uh, talks about his his brother who towered over him like six inches on him and just was uh, apparently merciless, didn't let him score a point. Um, and so at some point he literally just jumped in the air to, to shoot. And, and being that it was, you know, the 30s or 20, 30s, something like that in Nebraska, no one had ever thought of it. Uh, and it turned out that no one else in the country – uh, had maybe thought of it or at least had never taken it to the level that he eventually would. And I think that was the part um, that they took it to next, which I really liked. Uh, they talked about his time with the University of Wyoming. And yeah, let's go. Let, let me stop you there. Yeah, let's yeah. go back to let's go back to the creation of the jump shot because you said it was in Nebraska, but I think it was in Wyoming, right? Or did they grow well, up in he, Nebraska? He grew up in Nebraska and then moved to gotcha. Wyoming later. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, yeah, I mean, I know a big theme of that and a big sense of pride uh, for Kenny throughout the movie was uh, being a Wyoming boy. You know, they referenced that several times as we'll get into the Wyoming thing. Um, but he, you have to understand to start off like how humble Kenny is or yeah. how humble Kenny was during the film. He was just like, I mean, I don't know. They say I invented it, but I mean, who, who the hell is to say somebody back in the 1800s didn't throw a ball at a hoop <laughs> while they jumped in the air? Like, and he was right. just so like indifferent about it. And so just, I mean, he was flattered by it. I felt like through the movie. Um, but he was just like saying, I did it out of necessity. I was a short kid and my brother just kept blocking every one of my set shots. And the film does an amazing job of showing, uh, the way the game was played before yeah. the jump shot kind of came in. And I mean, my, we, mind blowing, we by the way, huh? Mind blowing the way it was played. Oh, we, the four of us were looking at each other through the clips and literally like laughing out loud because it just looked so different than you know the game obviously does now and it's just like holy shit and then the one guy they're interviewing uh the the one dude i can't remember who it is it's not he's not an nba player he's like a um a basketball writer or something and he was like i watch these clips and i think man if i was born 60 years before the year I was born, there's no way I couldn't have made it in the, in the NBA. 100%. And we were all looking at each other, like, saying the same thing before that guy got on there and, and said it too. Like, shit, we would have dominated this league back in those days. Jump you know, shot. I, I would have introduced a killer game. crossover. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, so I just wanted to, I wanted to chime in on that. Like, that old footage was so great. Um, yeah. And just kind of seeing where where it was at and and where it's gotten to, um, you know, in in a relatively short amount of time, really, you know, when you're when you're thinking about it. So, uh, but then Kenny goes on to college. Uh, they're all state at Wyoming, right? Um, yep. Him and his buddies, and then uh, I think they said 
was it the whole uh, the whole Allstate team from Wyoming went to Wyoming or like four of the five guys that were Allstate Something like high that. school? Yeah. Something which is really cool. Like that's like that's the dream. I always wanted to do that. I always All wanted Indiana to be guys. really good make an Indiana all-star team and then just get with all the dudes and go to a school and be really good and do it homegrown, you know, home team type talent. And so, and they did it. I mean, and yeah. that was, that was really cool. And I'm super jealous of Kenny for being able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they were like the fab five coming in too, because as freshmen, they ended up beating the varsity team uh, with him sort of the leading the way. So just kind of a ushering in, uh, their own era of Wyoming basketball and Wyoming, not exactly a hotbed for uh, college uh, basketball throughout the history, but certainly during this time, uh, they, they set uh, a different tone there. I thought uh, speaking of the filmmakers um, and giving them a little love on this side of things too, was uh, they did a great job with finding clips um, of Wyoming uh, of those games uh, of Kenny specifically in those things. And they, they obviously they showed a few things on loop because there's just uh, uh, not that much stuff that's out there. But they, they were flashing press clippings, um, and I think there was a poster in there advertising or maybe a newspaper that was kind of advertising uh, the varsity playing the freshmen in Wyoming and stuff. Like they really dug into the archives, which I can certainly appreciate when I'm doing the research for 99 and, and, and trying to come up with the same thing. So I was thoroughly impressed with the stuff that they were able to come uh, to research and come up with and put into the film to help kind of tell that Wyoming story. Well, Bry Vogel asked too, I think they did an awesome job with the illustrations too. So they used uh, what I thought kind of looked like the three brothers illustrations from Harry Potter where they're not like super complicated illustrations, but right. they're very effective. Yeah, that was cool. And then we got to talk to um, Jacob after after the show and, and Matt kind of got to elaborate on that with him. And, and, and that's when he was kind of telling us that there was only X amount of footage out there and we had to kind of figure out a way and uh i don't think jacob was was saying he was like super thrilled with doing it at first but then he loved it once it was all kind of put together and laid out and stuff too so it it was just it was really interesting hearing the behind the scenes on um how that stuff kind of comes together in a film too yeah well i think you can be nervous because illustration can turn out like the looney tunes if you don't do it right you know and that's that's not the intention of this movie there's there's some lightheartedness throughout the movie but it definitely tells a, a real and serious story right so and jacob also in that little time that we got to talk to him after the show before they turned the lights off on us in the theater and basically forced us to leave <laughs> um which was which was fine but we could have we could have went on for another three hours i felt like uh yeah. but uh he was saying that they they thought about going the reenactment route and yeah and, like bringing in actors and like I was cringing inside as he was saying that, but he was also cringing at the thought of that. And, um, because there's nothing worse in a basketball movie an authentic basketball movie to have inauthentic basketball scenes. Um, it just kind of ruins it for me. And so when we talk about basketball movies, because you and I were going to do a whole pod on other basketball movies or just take one basketball movie at a time and do, oh, do a separate pod on it and because that would be a lot of fun. 
but you can't even rank on my list if you have actors portraying basketball players and they don't look like they play basketball. Like it's just like the cardinal sin number one. Find some goddamn actors that can play basketball <laughs> or don't make a basketball movie. Yeah. And so he was kind of saying that too. Like we didn't want it to come off super cheesy and uh so they did a they did a phenomenal job with that and and, and it and it came off uh flawless, I thought. Oh yeah, but just think you could have played Kenny Sailors. Like I, I'm like Kenny was strong as shit. Like I'm getting fat. <laughs> yeah, not, not you definitely like would have had to go on uh... struggling to see my collarbones these days. Um, I mean, like, like I kept telling you during that movie, I'm like, look how strong that dude was. Uh, and you can basically see almost every inch of his body because of the uniforms back in back in those days, and we we laughed about that too. But yeah, uh, yeah those 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 guys. Uh, well, as you come to find out, Kenny's cut from a different cloth uh, yep. than than any of the people or any of the four of us that were in the car driving up there to see a movie about. about yeah, about definitely. <laughs> so the second act of the movie then seems to be like the, the college time. Uh, and it leads up to this iconic photograph that was in life magazine. Um, so they couldn't find enough competition in Wyoming. So they move on outside of Wyoming, get on a train, uh, start kind of barnstorming around the country and eventually end up, uh, as the, as the NCAA champions, um, but were still looked down on and then played, uh, St. John's, I think. In, yep. a, in, in kind of a combined championship, which obviously they don't do anymore, but NIT and NCAA championship. And they won that as well. And there's this photo of him just springing up off the ground, and it looks like the jump shot. Like there is no question that if you showed it to any person who's played basketball for any amount of time anywhere on the planet right now, they would recognize that shot as the – shot that most players uh use now uh to to shoot the basketball well let, let's let's go back uh for a second to the nit versus ncaa thing so a lot of people and maybe even people listening to us i would i would like to think that our our fan base is is a pretty educated base but um you know for the younger folk out there uh the nit was seen as the premier tournament um back in the day so um, it's interesting as as 99 researches some of these teams and, and brings some of this stuff to light, and we've done some NIT championship-type stuff. Um, it, it's looked down upon now, but at the time, that was that was right up there. You know, you, you went to either um, either the NIT or the NCAA, and a lot of times the, the NIT champions um, were looked upon as the best team. Uh, and uh, Marquette, like uh, McGuire, won with Marquette one year, and he took him into the NIT because he was pissed at the seeding that he got from the NCAA. And so it was never looked at as like a lesser tournament. That that took years until that became uh, the norm. So when you go into some of these arenas and you see NIT championship banners hanging, it's nothing to kind of like, you know, sniff at. Those were uh, highly, highly uh competitive and there were some great teams on there and there were teams that won the NIT that would have won the NCAA tournament had they chose to go to the NCAA so just a, a little background on that and I'm not sure like when the years kind of switched on that 
um, where everybody started going into the NCAA. Uh, but it probably wasn't until uh, mid to late 70s, I would guess, probably, that yeah. that, that kind of started happening. So, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting to, to think. Well, probably early to mid 70s, I would guess. Something like that. So, um, so when they win, when Wyoming wins, um, they're not really looked upon as anything special, right? And then so that promoter in New York set up the NCAA versus the NIT champions, uh, which happened to both be in New York at that same time. Um, to make money off of it, to put it in Madison Square Garden and just kind of have like a Clash of the Titans. And I think the movie says this is the only time that that ever happened. So yeah. like in the, the history of the NIT and the history of the NCAA, never had both teams met, um, you know, after they both won the tournament to kind of have this battle royale, f- figure out who the best team was, except the year that Kenny Sailors in Wyoming won and St. John's won, and they got to play, and Wyoming won that too, which basically validated what they had done, right? Yeah, and I that St. John's team from the movie was stacked with guys who eventually were in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and being from New York City, like most of the guys on the St. John's team were obviously – I don't know if they would have looked down on the guys from Wyoming, but I can imagine that you see these guys from Wyoming who had never been to a big city and you're uh, imagining kind of a Hoosiers-type scenario. I can't imagine a, a group of New Yorkers thinking that they were better than a, a group of people from Wyoming, though. Is that, is that what you're trying to say, Meyer? We got a lot of New York fans. Oh. We got a lot of New yeah. York customers out here. Don't, How about don't that Syracuse gear? Fan base. <laughs> yeah, Syracuse, love them. <laughs> so okay so kenny kenny does that and then and uh the wyoming wins and they're they're crowned the the king or the champion of champions and then what happens to kenny next yeah well it's 1943 so uh people might not know about the ncaa or nit tournaments at that time but they probably know what happened about that around that time i hope anyways uh, Kenny ends up getting uh, drafted or enlists in World War II uh, and serves as a Marine uh, for two years. Uh, he is on a, on a ship collecting uh, injured soldiers and rises up to the, the level of captain yep. uh, from where he started. Um, and they, they do a good job, I think, of portraying his leadership skills, things that he had already shown on the basketball court. One of the interesting uh things about basketball at this time that they noted in the movie is that the coaches uh, didn't have the chance to really coach they did all that before the game started uh, and then once the game started they had to have a player on the court who was calling plays and kind of conducting things so they didn't have that same level of control that they have today and certainly he had already developed that and carried that over into his time as a a soldier Um, and then uh, ended up obviously surviving, getting out, went back then to co- play college basketball. They allowed him back. Um, but his life had changed already at that time, and I think that uh, even even though he gets into some pro basketball, there were some things outside of his life that he started to prioritize that uh, I think be- he would he would have said and did say in the movie became the, the defining part of his life. Yeah, so let me go back to what you hit on there for just a second and, and kind of relate it to 
um, us and and me as a parent. Um, and this is this is about Kenny, but it's kind of about like how I kind of view youth sports and stuff. Um, I think a lot of people want their kids to get into sports now because they want to live vicariously through them. Um, and they want them to be the player that they weren't, whether that be at the middle school level, high school level, or making it into college or, you know, the pros, which is a very, very slim chance, um, of happening. Um, but with me and I'm a father, I've told the audience that several times now, but I'm a father of three in, in the big, and two of them are are boys. Um, and obviously the Barnett family has a passion for basketball, but the, the big part to me is that they get involved in sports so that they get some of those leadership qualities uh some of that teamwork uh stuff because that is real life and that's problem solving on the fly it's camaraderie um is learning to work with one another working to blend and i thought that was really interesting uh in the the kenny sailor story is this leadership that this guy had and was just instilled in through the the sporting world that he grew up you know playing and the sport he grew up playing transfers over into the marines and he just moves up and they have knight coach knight is on there uh talking and he said well let me tell you something this dude was in the the marines for two years and moved up from where he started to a captain in two years. He, and he said, that tells you everything you need to know about Kenny Sailors. Um, and, and I think, I just think the sports are such a great, uh, a great tool or a great developer of character, leadership, um, learning how to, to problem solve, working with other people. And it can be transferred over into so many fields that, you know, for, for me, and obviously you want your, your kids to do well, but for me, I just want them to be part of a group so they they get that group culture, if that makes sense. It does, just that that human interaction and the the camaraderie that comes along with that and the opportunity to just express yourself in kind of a physical way. We're so kind of divorced from physical actions now. We sit behind computers so much that uh, when you get a chance to do something like, like a sport, it really connects you with other people in a different way. And then you see that kind of transfer into his what you're going to call the third phase of his life, right? And the third yep. stage of of everything. And he's still uh, still this leader, um, just in a completely different field. And this is where the the film took me for uh, kind of a loop, where I was just like, "Wait, what in the hell is, is happening?" We here? play. There's two. I guess there's a, there's a little bit of like a, a coda to this because he he does end up playing in the NBA. Uh, he, for several years, he, his goal is to get his uh, pension, and he and he does end up getting that. Uh, plays in the NBA, successful, but it's the early NBA, so you're traveling around a lot. He's in big cities, uh, and, and he finds out that uh, his wife has some lung issues, and asks the doctor what he can do uh, to prolong her life. And he says that you need to get out of the city, basically. Uh, and he goes about as far away as you can get. Yeah, and this is like, so he goes to Alaska, and as they're showing the the footage and scene, he becomes this like great hunter. And this, I, 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 I and correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he uh, like people pay him to take them him out on hunts and stuff, right? Because they're hunting big game out yeah. there. 
And, oh, he doesn't just go to Alaska like uh, you know you or I would. Like we'd show up in Anchorage and maybe get on a uh, a cruise and t- check out the mountains. Like he, I think he says in the point that there's they don't really buy land in Alaska. He like just hikes into the wilderness, cuts down some trees, and, and claims some property for himself. Yeah, we were we were laughing that you just like go out there, cut down a tree, make a sign that just says mine, and then just like <laughs> well, stay put in. Or that's what he did. Down. Probably but, uh, made probably made the hat that he had on too. I think he had the same hat for like thirty five years. Yeah, the hat. He he had a, a real sense of pride in that hat. But the, the, so the next part of the film is just footage of him leading people out into the wilderness, Alaskan wilderness, and coming back with like moose heads on horses and rams and bear and uh, other thing. And he and he says uh, like that was just great for him, and it matched up so he could the hunting season and the school season matched up so he could be a teacher during the non-hunting months and then be this hunting guide during uh, the hunting months. But it wasn't enough for for Kenny Sailors to be this uh, renowned uh, Alaskan hunting guide. He also had to be a state champion coach and coach every sport at this this school. (laughs) The only school, I'm sure, in the area. Yeah, that was way out there, and so he. Uh, this is like this is probably my favorite part, and 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 Meyer and I have alluded to the fact that we're in education and we're educators and have been for uh, too long now. It seems like um, uh, can't believe it's been seventeen years, but um, it's funny because of what he does in in the girls program do you want to you want to speak on what he did for the girls program there well it was you know it it seems like forever ago when when you see the video footage but then you see the numbers and it's not that long ago where people were thinking that girls couldn't play full court basketball like it would be too strenuous for them and uh at this time in Alaska, I don't, you know, I don't even know if they allowed him to play basketball at all, like or sports at all. Uh, so just, you know, it kind of goes with his notion of doing something different. Like he can't uh, shoot over a tall guy; he's going to jump in the air. They say that girls can't play basketball. Well, he's just going to tell them that they're going to play basketball and they'll do it. You know. Well, yeah. If there was, if there was any, if, if when you guys see the film, if you were like us, you will absolutely just be blown away uh by the rules and the footage of the women's game um around this time so just to backtrack to that it was it was six on six remember so it was three on three in each half of the court because they didn't think that women could run full court because their bodies were too frail and wouldn't wouldn't hold up like like uh Meyer just said. Um and so the footage of it, like we were I didn't know that. Like I did not know that. I no. never had read that, never had heard about it, never seen footage, none of that stuff. And I'm just like looking down the road at you guys like, is this shit real? Like is this real life? Like this this really happened? And then I mean we're all kind of looking at each other and I'm and then I start kind of putting everything together. And I tapped you, and I'm like, "Hey, how pissed would you be if you were one of the three girls on <laughs> stuck on the defensive side? And like, how <laughs> so the hell bad. are you supposed to be a high volume shooter if you yeah. can't even cross half court into the offensive side 
uh, of the thing. So it was um, it was interesting in the film again. In the 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 guys that put together the film did a really good job on that backstory to then show you how Kenny kind of combated that and just changed it. Um, and he just basically told his girls like, "We're gonna be aggressive. We're going to play." Um, you know, first of all, they got the rules changed, so it was five on five, and it was like the men's game where you know you ran the court and all that stuff. Um, and then he was he just told him like, "We're gonna play aggressive. We're not gonna be intimidated. You guys can do this." And it was cool as hell that they had some of the girls that he had coached um, yeah. in the movie, and they were talking like, and every one of them to a T was just just said how much he believed in them, how much he expected out of them, and how much they wanted to perform for him um and and i think a few of them would tell you that they weren't you know the most athletic uh people in the world but they understood their jobs they understood what they were supposed to do and they turned that into state championships multiple state championships and that's really what it's all about right yeah uh, he just came off as a doer throughout the movie like if it couldn't be done he was going to do it I- I can't imagine myself uh, killing a moose, but I think if uh, Kenny was leading the expedition, I'd figure it out somehow. <laughs> exactly, but but in the same sense, he was so laid back. Oh um, yeah, you know, it's so just a one foot back. in front of the other type guy. A hundred percent, and it was never, never, and you'll have to see, you'll have to watch the movie to to kind of understand. But it, it, he never it. That dude could have been the most macho of macho men if he wanted to be. Um, and he never came across like that. He always was happy. Um, and, you know, here's this guy that accomplished so much in so many different avenues uh, of his life. And he basically just said, like, you know, that's that was what my job was to do, you know, and that's what I did. It was it was never like uh, – uh, self braggadocious i guess is what i'm trying to say you didn't pick any of that up at all during the film with him did you no but what they did that i really did enjoy is that they the people that they were able to get in contact with did that for him right they've got dirk davitsky and they show him the picture of him uh jumping up in the air and they've got steph curry and they've got kevin durant and they had nancy lieberman uh, for the to talk about the girls basketball and I think those uh, kind of segues they're they're talking about what he did but they're also you know uh, allowing for that uh, ability to brag through someone else's eyes because it is amazing you know that's kind of but what they would have never they would have never pulled that out of Kenny it was pretty 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 incredible and then then the the last kind of phase of the movie really started uh, starts towards this hall of fame campaign yeah and they really seem to try to tie that in and i thought for sure it was going to uh to show that he that he makes it and and it's a little disappointing that he doesn't but i guess uh for me the the ending was kind of the statue and just the legacy that he left with his kids at least the way that's the way i had it in my mind rather than what whatever the nba wants or doesn't want yeah, he certainly didn't didn't seem to be caught up in it. But he, and then he says somewhere in the film, you know, but I'm also human and and it would be a great honor obviously to be inducted, but that's not going to that's not who defines me or what defines me. You know, I'm defined by being a husband, 
uh, a father, um, a Marine, uh, and a Christian basically was, his, I think was his four points that he talks about in the, yep. in the movie. And, uh, and I believe him thoroughly on that. Um, and so he doesn't get in, they make that big push and he doesn't get in. And, uh, they're still kind of on that, that path towards getting him into the hall of fame. And there's a lot of people pushing behind him. And some of those guys that you mentioned, uh, on the movie were, uh, on board with it and uh nancy lieberman now is on the the hall of fame committee they were talking about um ty and and jacob were telling us about after the the movie is over so he's still up there and i think the crazy uh crazy stat to kind of put him in um to put it in perspective they they did that rundown of uh the players of the decade the college players of the decade and it was like Oscar Robertson for his decade, uh, Lou Alcindor, um, and all these like who's who of, of I think Bill Russell was one of them. Yeah. Um, these who's who of just titans in the game. And for the the I think was it the thirty it was the thirties and forties. It was Kenny Sailors. He was the he was the guy. So you're talking about when they did it. I think there was five five decades of it. And he was the one, one of the five or something. So, I mean, that puts it in perspective how great this guy was. And you'll, you'd really have to see the film to understand or look up the uh, footage, if you can find footage on him, um, of the jump shot itself. Because the jump shot itself is pure and it's modern. And they did a, a, another good job in the movie of showing some of the other uh, people who are kind of credited with creating the jump shot, and we laughed at that stuff too <laughs> oh because God, some yeah. of those highlights were just absurd, and it was just kind of yeah. people just like throwing runners up and throwing half hooks, and one guy just like jumped and just threw a baseball <laughs> missile at the goal. Yeah, we're um, not talking about just jumping and shooting. We're we're talking about the shot that Steph Curry shoots. Like, yeah, it's, and, it's no different. So I so the thing that blew me away uh, on his footage was just how modern his game was back in those days. Um, because And then he's in the film, too, as a 91 through 94-year-old, uh, showing how he did his rocker step and the push-pull with the ball and mm-hmm. would get the, get the guys moving one way and then you know kind of hit them with a crossover-type move, um, push-pull move, and, uh, and then he would pull up and jump and shoot that jumper. And then he also said that once he started getting scouted on it, uh, the defenses would slide under him, so he had to figure out how to stop on a dime, rise up, straight up, straight down. You know, just textbook how we teach jump shooters nowadays to shoot bas- the basketball. Um, and, and there's no doubt in my mind he was the first guy to do it. Yeah, r- watch Russell Westbrook uh, when he plays, and you'll you'll see the uh, modern version of that. He stops on a dime, floats in the air, and and hopefully hits it. Yeah, was it Nowitzki that kept referring to Westbrook, how he just kind of flew around quicker than everybody oh, yeah. and would just pull up? And Yeah, and uh, and it's funny because you think 30s and 40s basketball and then somebody gets compared to Russell Westbrook. Like, you <laughs> right. think that's like an insane leap. And I think that maybe that's the, that's the biggest um, uh, compliment as to how much more modern – Kenny Saylor's game look compared to the rest of the footage that we that we watched. Like it oh. wasn't smoke and mirrors, and this movie wasn't created on just 
bullshit you know yeah. like it, it, it was legit um and uh and i'd love to get out to wyoming and see that statue i'm a big statue guy oh, that thing looks incredible it really does i'd definitely so rather it, have that than the hall of fame yeah so it was just an incredible night i was happy that you got to go and that i was got i got to go and um so so thankful for prc ty clark and ty clark hooking us up and then jacob hamilton taking some time to talk to us and um we told him we would put together a podcast not because uh they gave us free tickets but because we wanted to and we wanted to kind of share the the story the kenny sailor story um and we'll do some more with it with the blog too and then once it gets its wider release uh we will push that out to you guys and and show you where you can kind of pick that pick that up and watch it because it it is definitely worth a watch oh for sure um i i had a a blast and would definitely uh recommend it um do you want to spoil the the coach knight uh quote from the movie or are you gonna, gonna tease it and just uh leave it for them to see when they when they watch the movie no, they can they can see it. I think we gave away some of the movie as is. So Coach okay. Knight obviously always gets the most laughs of everybody. But it was really neat trading stories with um, Ty and Jacob because they both went down to Lubbock about I think they were telling me about four years ago as to where we, uh, me and Aaron and uh, Chad Amo, uh, got to go down there two years ago. So we were kind of talking about. Um, what we talked about and some of the stories crossed over and it was just a uh, it was a lot of fun sharing coach Knight's stories and we were in the heart of indiana and so when coach Knight came on there was just like electricity in the air and people were just waiting to laugh and applaud him and it was just cool to see that that coach yeah. Knight still still pulls that he um, nails it yep he does so uh good times had by all and again we we appreciate everybody that set that up for us and, and made it happen Anything else you got before uh, we we uh, get off the line? No, I don't have anything else. We're gonna try to get Joe on maybe this next pod, right? Joe from the NBA, oh. and we'll we'll talk. Uh, we're gonna try to get Joe on from the NBA if our schedules can line up, and uh, we're gonna highlight some guys that ha- that had great college careers that maybe didn't make it in the pros, and and kind of discuss why we didn't think they made it in the pros, or uh, just kind of how unbelievable it was that they didn't make it in the pros. So we're we're working on that. No, we're gonna no. try to get Joe on there, and if we don't get Joe this time, we'll we'll get him down the line, and we'll come on here and we'll talk about something else. I love it. NBA starts tomorrow, so I'm gonna work in some uh, NBA talk. Welcome back, basketball. We've <laughs> no missed doubt. You. So, all right, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you for listening to the 199 podcast with HVS, the high volume shooters. For more information, check out the blog at 199.com under HVS. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and pick up some retro college shorts. Till next time.